Hello, PCB. It's Thursday afternoon, and it's 4 o'clock. I'm Chris Hunsinger. I'm going to turn this over to Rose Martin, who will then do her thing and introduce Katie. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Chris. Can you guys hear me okay? Is this good? Yep. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you all for joining us um, on Thursday. Um, welcome to... We like to call it some doggy massage sponsored by PAGDIS. My name's Rose Martin. I am the president of the Pennsylvania Guide Dog Users and Supporters. We're one of the newer um, special interest affiliates of PCB. And just a little quick background and then I'll get to the fun stuff. Um, we, you know, when we were thinking before we knew that we would be going virtual, we had not, we were trying to decide what to do for our conference and how we would like to meet in person and doggy dog massage came up. And then when we found out we were going virtual, we were brainstorming and then we realized, you know, we could still stick with our same plan and what better way to, you know, bridge the distance between ourselves and our dogs um, that we could still have a time to talk about and experience. Um, experience, you know, dog massage. And then I myself heard Katie at the ACB GDUI event in the summer and was like, perfect. We have our person, I hope. (laughs) So that's um, how this is all going to start go. Um, Just a few administrative things that I'll introduce Katie and let her take over. Um, I think we will do questions, but if it's okay, um, hold your questions until the end. That way we don't, you know, introduce interrupt the flow of the massage although that's katie's call as well you know if you'd rather take those questions as you go that's fine too um those of you that are panelists just make sure you are muted since you can unmute yourself um and stay tuned afterwards i'll we'll do a quick wrap up talk about our pagdis as a group and there will also be a door prize so katie um i'll let you take over and introduce yourself and get started however you'd like. Great. Thanks, Rose. So as Rose said, I am Katie Mertens. Um, I'm the owner of the Right Spot Pet Massage just outside Chicago. And I've been doing pet massage for about 10 years. Um, I got started in pet massage because of my guide dog, Fairway. Um, I used to be a special ed teacher. And um, came time for me not to teach anymore. And when I had my guide dog Fairway, when she turned five, she got really, really sick. And she got a disease that was terminal, they told me. So the vets put her on um, a massive dose of steroids to make her comfortable. And then somebody said to me, have you ever tried acupuncture? And I said, no, but, you know, as I'm sure all you guys know, I would have done anything for her. So I tried acupuncture, and she lived another 10 years. So so I always um, attribute my career of pet massage to her because as she was getting older, we tried to do more natural things for her, especially because the steroids, you know, really kind of – they, they put her liver and kidneys at a little bit higher risk. And so when she turned 
I don't know, about 11. I went to my vet and asked my vet, what can I do? She's showing signs of arthritis. And my vet was actually the one that suggested pet massage. And I was like, what? And then I thought, oh my God, that is the best job in the world. So I went home and I started researching pet massage. I found a school. I went out to Portland, Oregon, went to school, learned pet massage. I took all the classes. And so I started my new career, thanks to my guide dog, Fairway. Um, And most recently, last year, last 20, well, this year, 2020, um, I actually had the honor of going to Alaska and working with Iditarod dogs which is probably one of the greatest things I've ever done. And if you guys don't know what the Iditarod is, it's a little crazy. It's where sled dogs pull a musher over a thousand miles through Alaska. And it's, it's, it's intense. So I went out prior to the race and I got to work on some of those wonderfully magnificent dogs. It was just, it was just incredible. So that's just a little about me. Um, so, so when you're massaging your dog, the benefits of massage are, they're very similar to that of people, but there are some major differences. You know, the dogs have four legs, so we always have to think about those. Um, dogs, they're in the moment. So you know, when I'm getting a massage, I can say to the practitioner, you know, oh yeah, you can go really deep because I know it'll feel better later. Dogs don't get that. They're in the now. And if it hurts now, it could hurt forever. So they're going to be up and out of there. Also the dog senses, dogs have such amazing senses that they're pretty much always aware of what's going on around them. And especially your guide dogs, because that's their job. And so you have to stay completely present with them. You can't, you know, oh, start thinking about other things because they will definitely, you know, catch on to that and probably get up and leave. So those are some of the main differences, you know, aside from the physical differences of our dogs having four legs. Um, The benefits of massage, especially the kind of massage I want to talk to you guys about, which is more of the relaxation, the calming, the get the anxiety out, um, the benefits, it helps lower their blood pressure. Um, God, I'm sorry. I have some notes because I I had a good one. Um, it, it, It reduces stress. And you guys know your dogs are working and work can be stressful, especially because when they're working for us, you know, leading us around, people are unpredictable, the environment is unpredictable. So they are constantly aware of everything that's going on around them, which, you know, at times can be a little stressful. The same is true for therapy dogs, you know, working dogs, they have stress in their life. So it's really important that they get the downtime to actually relax. And another great benefit of it is that um, it's a time for your dog to completely relax, have time with you, and not have any expectations at all placed on them. So it's, 
it's a really wonderful thing we can do for our dogs. Um, it also, another thing that can cause stress is pain, you know, age-related pain or just having a muscle spasm. So reducing the pain reduces stress. And, you know, I'm sure many of us know that feeling. So it's, a, it's another great reason to do this with your dog. So before you start, when I'm going to jump right in. So before you start, you want to find a, a quiet place where both you and your dog are comfortable. Um, you want to be comfortable. You don't want, you know, to torque your body or be sitting in a weird position. And you want your dog to be comfortable. Don't do it um, around mealtime because then all your dog's going to be thinking about is meals. Um, you can play quiet music. And don't force your dog to be in any certain position. You know, I know we all think that the dog's got to be laying flat down. No, I have plenty of dogs that they come in, and we may start with the dog standing. And then sometimes they'll move to a sit. Others will come in and just lay down right away. It's, you know, the dogs are really in control of this because it's, you want it to be a great experience. So, um, and make sure during it, talk to your dog in a really quiet, low, calm voice. The higher your pitch, and many of you probably know this, you know, the higher you go, come here, come here. That's our excited tone, and that gets our dogs revved up. So you want to talk in a low, quiet voice. And something that sounds kind of silly, make sure you breathe. Um, I know there's, especially when I was doing it in the beginning, I would catch myself holding my breath, you know, because you're thinking about so many things. So make sure you breathe. And just make sure you're relaxed. Have your shoulders relaxed and your arms relaxed. And that will help your dog relax too. So um, one of the first things I do when a dog comes in is I call it <laughs> the canine roadmap. And that's nothing I ever learned. But for me, it's a very relaxed way to kind of feel the dog's body. It just when you do this, it just kind of gives you a clue of what's going on. And I know you guys especially because of our vision, you know, you're always feeling your dog for anything and everything. So what I do in the very beginning when the dog comes in, it's really relaxed. So this is my dog. I chose black because hopefully there's a good contrast. My dog would not cooperate. I don't have a guide anymore. Um, and my little dog wouldn't concentrate. So I have this guy. But when I talk about the canine roadmap, what I mean is I just start at the top of the dog's head and I follow the fur. So I'll kind of just place my hand on the dog's head and let me turn. I go down the neck and I'm just doing this with a really, really gentle pressure, if you will, but it's not anything deep at all. So I go down, you can stroke the ears because that's always calming it's coming for us too, I find. So I go down the neck 
And then I go down into the chest because the chest on our dogs, you know, it can become really tight. They have pectorals just like us. And so the chest can be very, very tight. So I just kind of stroke the chest and I'm always following the fur. I'm not going against the fur. I'm going with the fur. So then I go down the chest and then I come back up and I go to the shoulders. And oftentimes I'll just stop and I'll lay my hand at the base of the neck and over the shoulders. Most dogs really find this calming and relaxing. You know, shoulders get tense and it's a place they can't reach themselves. So I just bring my hand here. I may stop for a minute. And then I go on down the forearms. And oftentimes I'll go down and I may do it a couple of times. And I'll often gently encircle the foreleg and just go down holding the leg because it's, it's just helping all those ligaments and all those muscles and all those tendons in here a chance to relax, and it feels really good on the dogs. Now, when I get to the paws, it depends on your dog. Um, I'm sure most guide dogs are fine with having their paws touched, and if that's the case, I always go down into the paws and massage the toes. (laughs) Toes are one of those places on dogs, they get tight. But if you think about it, it really makes sense. You know, dogs grip with their toes, they're walking on their toes. So I may run a finger down over the bones just really gently. Um, And I do the underside as well. So if I go up, I'll also do the underside because there's a lot going on down here. So after that, and you can do this one side at a time. You can do it, you know, first starter. I usually do it one side at a time if I'm able. It all depends on how your dog is positioned. So after doing that, I'll go back up and I go down the dog's back. Now, going down the back, I always stay away from the spine. I I never put pressure on the spine because I'm afraid that could hurt. And there's so many really important things going on in the spine. So I usually stick about an inch from the spine. And this right here, if you go all the way down, is the longest muscle in the body. So just by simply going down the spine like this, you're affecting so many muscles because a lot of the muscles, they attach up here. So sometimes I go down into the ribs a little, don't press hard. (laughs) And then I go, I do the tail. Now this guy doesn't have much of a tail, but I always go down the tail kind of like the same way I did with the front leg where I hold the tail, I don't pull it, but I just gently go down with a nice pressure. You know, the tail is made up of vertebrae. So that always seems to feel really good. Then I go down the back leg, same way I did the front leg, although you can't really hold the back leg, but then I go back into the paws. So, you know, I rub the back feet, I'll rub under the, you know, the underside of the feet. I do whatever the dog wants me to do. And, you know, dogs are the greatest communicators because if they don't like something, they'll find a way to let you know. So that's just my general roadmap. And 
honest to God, it doesn't take long to do it. And I'm just, I am really just doing it almost like an assessment just to see what's going on with my dog. Because you could have your hand over an area and the dog may move or flinch or something or, you know, pull the paw away. And it just, you know, you can think about that and go, hi, I wonder why they did that. So then I'm going to show you, this is one of my favorite things in the whole world. It's, it's the calming points. And there's two spots on the dog's head that um, are really great calming points. So the first one is right between the eyes, kind of where the nose, you know, his snout meets the face. And right in between there, you can lay your finger on that area. You can gently rub it. Just make sure you're gentle because you don't want to scare your dog. Um, So you rub that. Then what I typically do, the next calming spot is on the top of the head. So what you do is you go in front of the dog's ears and draw a line up onto the skull. Hope this makes sense. Um, So you just go to the front of the ears, both ears, and draw an invisible line up to the very top of the center of the skull. Oftentimes, there's a little indent. Not on all dogs, but some of them have a little indent. So sometimes I just lay my finger very gently on that. Um, Other times I scratch it. And often, I just run my finger from between the eyes up to that center point. Most dogs find that very calming. One thing I will say about the calming points is, and this goes for massage as well, if your dog is really anxious, something's going on, or they're scared, a thunderstorm, and you try it, and your dog's like, no way, I don't want any part of that, don't do it. You don't want to force your dog into it, because it'll give them a bad feeling about massage and the calming points. But there may be a reason why they're in that like fight or flight mode. They may feel they have to protect something or it's just it's there's a time when you just shouldn't do it. And I think you'll pretty much know. So that's my caveat on the calming points. There's another one in the hind end. And oftentimes what I'll do if again and you can do the one in the hind end with the one in the front is I just lay my hands over the low back. And I'm talking about kind of just in front of the pelvis, just in front of those big hips. Just put your hand back there. Just let it rest there. Um, If you feel moved to, you can scratch this area. And sometimes there's an indent here, but it's just it's a, it helps calm dogs often, not always, but it really does help calm them down somewhat. So those are my calming points. Um, I hope they were clear the way I explained them. So after I do my little canine roadmap, the way I really open a massage. So when the dog comes in or you're with your dog, like I said before, don't don't force your dog to be in any one position because you know that can you know make the dog not enjoy the massage as much and chances are while you're massaging your dog 
they will lay down. Not always, but often they will lay down. Um, so if your dog is standing, if your dog is sitting, if they're laying, you know how they lay down on their belly with their legs in front of them and their spine straight up in the air. It's all good. It's all fine. So when I'm starting a massage, I know I want to open up the massage. Um, you know, we start out quiet and I'll talk to the dog, what's going on and ask all kinds of questions. And then what I do is I start kind of in that calming point between the eyes and I go down one side of the spine. So I start in that center spot and I stay about an inch from the spine and I go all the way down the back, just like I talked about the dog roadmap. But then I go down into the hind leg, like middle front. I just go all the way down the leg and end at the toes. And I do that three times per side. Um, it doesn't matter if you do one side, then the other, or just do one side because your dog's laying on a side. To me, it's just you're opening up the dog's body and it's it's telling the dog that, okay, we're going to do something now. I'm not simply petting you. We're going to actually go into a massage. And I find that most dogs are great with it and it really does help them go, okay, something's different. And, you know, it's really interesting because I don't know how dogs know, but they know when even if I'm at a social situation and I just start massaging a dog, they know I'm not petting them. It's just, I think it's a completely different mindset. It's your intention of, okay, I want to massage now. Um, and it's how you touch the body. Petting is fun, you know, and so is massage, but it's different. And dogs, they definitely know that. So I do that side three times and then I'm kind of ready to start my massage. And the first thing that's very simple to do, um, it's just called passive touch and passive touch is just laying your hands on the dog. So it's like I, I demonstrated before where I just lay my hands maybe over the low back and also over the neck and shoulders and I just put my hands on those areas if, that I can move it. Sometimes I just put my hands over the large muscle groups, like, you know, the thigh area or the shoulder area or even the top of the head. And I know, <laughs> I know it sounds goofy. And I always thought, what? that is just the goofiest thing ever. Until I went to a massage therapist I had never seen before, and she did this on my feet. She just held my feet, and I tell you, I think it just gets the body to relax. It gets the blood moving to the body. It just feels great, and it's not invasive at all. There's nothing scary about it, so it, <laughs> it works. You know, so like I said... You can really do that anywhere on the body. If your dog doesn't like it, don't do it for long or don't do it. Um, if, if you're doing it with your dog and, you know, you're on the shoulders and you see the dogs really, you're like, oh, wow, you know, he really likes this. 
do it. Do it for a couple of minutes, however long you want to do that. Um, and chances are, as you're doing it, you'll feel the area kind of start to heat up because you're warming the tissue with your hands, which is a wonderful thing. And it just automatically, you know, starts that relaxing. So I do that for a little bit, you know, depending on the dog. I try to always hold the feet if they let me, because again, even for dogs that are a little bit hesitant with the feet, just holding the feet is so gentle and it's not a fear thing. So maybe it'll help them, you know, if they don't like getting their nails cut. So that's why that's a wonderful thing. The next one is really this is the stroke that's kind of the basis of massage. It's called effleurage. And effleurage is, you know, it's the Swedish massage. It's those long flowing strokes down the body. Um, and what this does, it gets the body to relax. Because again, you're not doing deep pressure. That is one thing I'm going to keep emphasizing because you don't want to do anything deep. Um, I mean, like me, I go to a massage therapist and go deep, go deep, but with our dogs, you don't want to, and it, it can hurt a dog. I mean, it can hurt us too, but you don't want to do that. So everything we're doing is just, a maybe a firm pressure, but nothing deep. So back to effleurage. Sorry about that side note, my little public service announcement, um, it's just those very, very long strokes down the body. So you can do it just long strokes down the entire body. You can do it in a smaller region, say the legs, you know, start at the, you know, maybe at the thigh and just stroke down. You know, you can go all the way down into the foot again. But this is a different intention again. I mean, this is where you're really focusing on getting those muscles to start to relax and warm up and have all the nutrients come and the oxygen and get the blood moving. So I'll spend quite a bit of time doing this because it, it, it's not threatening to the dog. It's not painful, but it really helps move the muscles. And that's pretty much the goal of a massage. You want to get things moving, including those muscles. So I'll do that. You can do it on the neck into the shoulders, go down those shoulder blades into the forearm and down into the chest. It's a great region to do. And you know, especially with our dogs, you know, our guides, because they wear the harnesses. So you want to make sure you're hitting those regions where the harness may be. So that's effleurage. All those. Oh, and there's one other way you can do it. So instead of just doing these long, strokes down the body, you can do one hand following another, which means you do maybe shorter areas, smaller areas. It's almost like petting. It kind of looks like petting, but you're doing a little pressure and you just do one hand following the other. And the way it's different from petting is you have a little bit more firmness in your hands, your intention and you're, you're focusing on the muscles. You're focusing on getting those muscles to warm up, to relax, to get the blood flowing. So that's effleurage, which is really, you know, oftentimes, 
that can be all you do during a massage. And especially, you know, all our muscles are connected. Everything is connected, we know. When you hit this muscle in the back next to the spine, it starts pretty much in the neck, goes all the way down the back into the spine, and then connects to muscles in the butt region and the hind legs. So simply by doing that effleurage on that big giant group of muscles there, you're affecting other muscles. So it's, it, that's why that one is so important. The next one is called raking. And, and I, <laughs> I really like this. Some dogs may not. Um, it's kind of a, I'll show you. So what raking is, is you, you spread your fingers, your four fingers, but use your fingertips. Don't use your nails. And you put your hand on the dog, let's say the thigh, because that's a great area to do this. And what you do is kind of move your hand back and forth, like you're brushing your teeth or something. With your fingers open, using your fingertips, you just move back and forth. And what this is so great for is moving the muscle around. You're really, you know, when you go back and forth on a muscle, it's, you're physically moving it, which oftentimes our dogs need because, you know, the muscles can kind of get stuck in one place if they're tense, especially. So you really want to move those muscles around. Um, so I'll do it over the big groups, like over the thighs. I do it down the back. You know, it's not as big of a movement because you don't want to hurt the ribs but I go all the way down the back into the butt and the shoulders and a little bit in the neck region. And it's a great way. So let's say maybe your dog has some hind end pain. When you do the raking, you're kind of diffusing the pain. You're taking it and really just spreading everything out. So that's why that's a great one. It's also great, obviously, for getting the blood flowing, getting the oxygen to all those muscles, just making things move. Another one is compression. And compression is exactly what it sounds like. You take the palm of your hand or your whole hand, depending on the size of your dog. And this is done only on the large muscle groups. So you place your hand, let's say, on the thigh, and you very, very gently, not too deep, just press in and release. It's like a heartbeat. Press in and release. Press in and release. And this one is great for, obviously, getting the blood flow again to get moving, to really get those muscles warm. But what's really nice about that is it gently, gently stretches those muscles and if your dog has a, a knot or a little spasm going on, when you do the compression on them, it forces them to move, hopefully open and close, and then release. So that's why, again, these, the strokes don't look like a lot, but they sure do a lot. So I tend to do compression, you know, over the big muscle groups, over the thighs, over the shoulders, um, not much in the neck. You want to be careful, but over those shoulders and those thighs, which are, you know, the mainstay of the dog. Well, kind of. Um, so that's compression. And I often will go just from one stroke to another. So I could be doing effleurage on a dog 
And then all of a sudden I'm down in the thigh and I'm like, oh, we need a little compression here. Or I feel like raking the dog, you know, and it's all what I feel is good and what the dog will accept. And the last one, one of my favorites, is just rubbing. Um, So you take the flat part of your fingers or your palm, whatever's easier for you, and just rub gently back and forth. And I tend to do this after I do some effleurage, say down the back, I will go up to that spine and rub gently back and forth because this way, and this is the one time where you're going against the fur, but I feel like rubbing, that's another great way to get the muscle to move. And it really, really warms up those muscles, which will enable your dog to stretch more. Um, But, you know, and it's the same thing. I'll often be doing effleurage and be like, ooh, this area is a little tight, and I'll break into some rubbing. And again, this is one, some dogs love it, and some dogs want no part of it, because it's such a different feeling for them. So those are, you know, pretty much the basic strokes that I want to show you. And just remember, especially as your dogs get older, be really gentle on those hips. You know, as our dogs age, I, <laughs> I kind of think it's a, it's a rough circle. So when our dogs are born, they carry 60% of their weight in their front end and 40% in the back end. As they age, they start carrying more and more in the front end. And I think that's when, this is my theory, but that's one of the reasons the dog's hind end gets weaker. So just be very gentle with those hips. Um, And oftentimes, you know, you'll say, gosh, my dog, the hind legs look weak or he's limping in the back. You'll feel it more in the front because the front is what's doing a lot of the work. So that's just something to be cognizant of. Um, As you're massaging, make sure you're really in tune with your dog. Because if your dog doesn't want to be massaged, don't do it. Again, you don't want to make it, you know, a negative thing. But there could be any number of reasons your dog doesn't want to massage. So be very cognizant of that. um, And watch to make sure your dog's not in pain. So for both of those things, Dogs, they will let you know. It can be anything from um, like turning their head, you know, and for people with some vision, they give you a look. But if you feel your dog turn his head kind of swiftly, take that, take note of that because it might mean, oh, no, that hurts. I don't like that. Don't go there. Or even just, I don't want you to do that, you know, especially with some of those different strokes. Um, you know, really obvious ones. If your dog growls, um, if your dog pushes your hand away, I've had that happen where I'll be on an area on a dog and it, it can be a really constricted area. And that nose comes back and pushes my hand away. Um, and you know, if your dog gets up and leaves, well, there's a pretty obvious sign. And so just stop. And, you know, try again later, try something different later, work with your dog. Um, There's a couple of ways that your dog will 
give you signs. I call them release signs, just like this is really great and it's affecting my body. One can be um, a yawn. Now, yawns can be confusing because yawns are also a sign of stress. So just just gauge your whole situation um, and, and you'll know, you know, if your dog yawns, this content, big yawn and stretches, well, that's a good thing. If your dog is panting and yawning and doing things like that, you'll know that that's more of an anxiety thing and I need you to stop kind of thing. Another good one is a cough or a sneeze, a sigh which is fairly obvious. I mean, you know, that big, deep breath, the sigh is a great sign of release. And the last one, which can be confusing to folks, is when your dog gets up and shakes. When a dog, typically when the dog gets up and shakes, it means that they're kind of letting their body feel everything that's been going on, that you've been doing, because you're changing things in the body. So, I have a lot of dogs that get up and shake and then they come back because they just have to get the muscles where their back's supposed to be. So never stop your dog from getting up and shaking. Um, it's, just, it's a really great thing. But if your dog gets up and walks away, well, that may mean he's finished. <laughs> so, you know, just do that. And, you know, if you feel like your dog doesn't really like the massage, Try different things. Try really small time periods. A massage doesn't have to be an hour. It's up to you and it's really up to your dog. You know, I have some dogs that come and I swear they could stay all day. But then I have others that at the end of 60 minutes, they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. And then I have others that come and in the middle of the massage, they get up, they shake, and they really just need to walk around for a while and just get their bearings, I guess. And then they come back. So you have to really, you know, and I keep saying this, I know, but let the dog guide the whole process. Um, So I guess in conclusion, what I would say to you is remember nothing deep. Please don't go deep on your dog. And if you ever feel that something's wrong, obviously go to your vet, but find a massage therapist just like we go to because, you know, we've been trained. We've had a lot of training. We take boards. Um, I think I've logged over 400 hours in, you know, schoolwork and hands-on things and, and and as a certified practitioner, you know, I am able to go deeper and find those knots and try and get them released. But, you know, that's, that's different. So, um, yeah, that's about it. I, I'd love to open this up to questions. I hope I was clear for you guys. (laughs) Thank you so much, Katie. That was awesome. Um, I'm glad I was muted because mine totally was uncooperative, but I definitely learned a lot of um, a lot of things to try. You know, we yeah. get the basics with when we're in training a lot of our schools, but we never I've never, you know, been taught all of those different touches and all of the, that other information. So that was awesome. Um, Good. Thank you. So I think we can open this up for questions. We've got a good amount of time left. So um, just remember to, you know, 
feel free to ask, even if you don't have a guide dog, if you have a pet or another animal that you're practicing on. Um, but, you know, don't be super specific to a health issue or anything like that. You know, that's, yeah. that's your vet. You know, we're just here to talk about Katie Massage. I just wanted to clarify that for everyone. But um, we could take about you know, we have a good amount of time, so we'll take some questions and then we can do a little wrap up and door prize and things like that. So sure. thank you. Okay, everybody, to raise your hand, you can do an Alt-Y if you're on a PC and Option-Y if you're on a Mac. Uh, we've got Matt here with the, who's on mute. Hi, Matt. Are you looking for Matt oh, or Mike? I, oh, uh, Mike, I'm sorry. That, that's <laughs> me. I just have to prove that I'm blind every now and then. So <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Trust me. I've been called a lot worse, trust me. Uh, but my name is Mike Gravitt. I'm actually uh, the vice president of PagDues. And, you know, first of all, we were very, very excited about you being one of our, or being our speaker. Uh, you know, we're, unfortunately, we couldn't do this in person. But yeah. just want to, you know, first of all, say you did an excellent job. Thank you. Uh, thank you. My question is, can you go a little bit more into detail about the training? Uh, yeah. that you went through any was any of it specific for pets or is it all just general training and then you know cost time you said you did about 400 hours you know just, yeah. just anything that you know for those of us that may be interested in doing something similar sure so. sure yeah so I think all of the schools now there's quite a few massage schools canine massage schools out there um there's the difference between large animal and small animal. Small animal is dogs, cats, other small animals. And then large animals would be horses and animals like that. So the schools all, you do your book work at home. They all have it. Well, the school I went to broke the training down into three separate segments. The first one was, maintenance massage. The second one was um, athletic massage. And the third one was rehab massage. I don't know if other schools do it like that. I think many of the schools just do the whole, the whole thing in one big program. So the majority of the programs are 200 plus hours because in order to be certified as a canine massage therapist or small animal massage therapist, you have to log over 200 hours of book work and hands-on with a school. So you can't just go out and start massaging your neighbor's dog and say, oh, look, I'm a, you know, a dog massage therapist. So there's that. Um, there are boards out there to take. They are not mandated yet, but I, um, like our teacher organization is working on getting them mandated, which, you know, quite frankly, I think is very smart because like I stressed, you know, you could really injure an animal. So when I went to school, I did all the book work at home and then what, and I think all the schools do this book work at home. Um, I'm guessing most of them send them via computer, but I don't know. Um, but I did all my book work at home and you learn anatomy and physiology and dog behavior, kinesiology. You learn about the internal organs. I mean, you really, they really pack it in there. 
because, you know, it's all so related. Um, and then you go to the school location for intensives. So the school I went to, which was in three different parts, um, I would go out for, I think it was about a five day intensive. And I went to Portland, Oregon, um, mostly because the school had a great reputation. I think they're actually located in Washington state now, but also because I had friends in Portland so I could stay with them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But <laughs> you know, you have to be practical. <laughs> right. 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 Um, as for the costs, I think, you know, and, and you'd have to really look, um, I think, Mine was about 1500 per, you know, session, well, per class, the one, two, three. The ones that have it, you know, all as one are more expensive. You know, I, I don't know if it's like 4000 or what. I haven't really looked lately. So, you know, it's not cheap, but after I left teaching, I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to go back to college. What am I going to do? And so that amount of money, while it was a lot of money, it sure wasn't a college tuition. So, <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, did, thank did you. Did that answer your question? It, it more than it, it, it did. It did indeed. So thank you for sharing all sure. that with us. So. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Londa, please. Hi. Um, I have kind of a more practical question. Sure. Um, I was working on my dog and then he got distracted. My husband came in, so I didn't get to finish. But how do you get them if they're laying out on their side? How do you get them to flip over? Well, <laughs> that's that can be tricky. Um, what I will typically do, you know, because usually the dogs are kind of splayed out and sleeping. I will wake them up. Um, and they typically get up and they walk around and they shake. And then I put my hands on the other side and I start kind of rubbing the other side and I ask them, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but you know, if they were laying on their right side, so I needed them, you know, to do the other side, I'll be like, this is the side I need. I need this side. I need this side. And I just touch it. And sometimes I think they actually really get it. You know, if, if they just refuse to, and there are many dogs that do that, and it can be anything from stubbornness to maybe that side hurts and it, you know, it feels better to have the pressure on it or it hurts so they don't want you to touch it. Whatever the reason, I will just work underneath the dog. I'll go as far under as I can comfortably. So I'll put my hand under the neck and try and massage like that. I can usually go down the, the side of the spine when they're laying on that, you know, the other side of the spine. I, there's usually enough room to do that. And then oftentimes I will work the inside so I might work the inside of the hind leg more than the outside of the hind leg. It's not ideal, but I also will, I, I won't force a dog, you know, to flip 
because again, you just, I don't want to force the dogs to do anything. I do as much as I can from one side, you know, okay. but oftentimes you just <laughs> you kind of coerce them. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes- help at all. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It does. You know, and if they don't, they don't it, you know, I always feel unbalanced if I don't do the other side, but the dog's probably fine. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Phone number ending in 242, please. You know, if there's nobody with questions right now, one thing I can share is when, when I was talking about how dogs you know, especially as they age, um, they start carrying more of the load in the front. Some things you can do to really encourage your dog to use the hind end so the hind end stays muscular. Um, One thing that I do with, I've done it with all my dogs, is I have them stand, just put their front legs on something elevated. So say a stair. If you have your dog just put their front legs on one step, um, it transfers the weight to the hind end and it engages those muscles and makes sure those muscles are really working. So that'll all depend on the age of your dog and, you know, the musculature of your dog. But you know, if your dog is young, you know, they could probably do that all day, but as they age, it won't be quite so easy. So start out with something low and with, you know, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, if that's all they can do comfortably, because the goal is not to have them come in and be exhausted. The goal is simply to get them to engage the hind end. And it's a great way that then you can just very, very gently either increase the height or the time length that they stand like that. And um, I've seen a lot of dogs keep muscle because of engaging the hind end more. You know, another thing is have your dog step over things. Nothing too high, but just so they have to engage all their paws, all their legs. Um, you know, but especially those hind legs and hills, little hills are great because they really have to use those hind legs to push up and to control going down. So just a few little tips. Thank you. I think we have probably five more minutes, so we can take a few more questions. Yeah. Phone number 242, please. Hi, this is Jonna. I just wanted to ask how similar your massage is to what I've heard called Reiki. Yeah. Is that okay? So, and and the reason I ask is because I was taught Reiki on my first and second dogs, and I was actually able to flip them over and massage the other side while they were sleeping. Oh, that's <laughs> great! So, massage is really not similar to Reiki because Reiki is usually, well, I I know people do touch, but oftentimes the hands are above the body and it's more energy work now. And, you know, I know Reiki, um, 
there are, I'm trying to think of, you know, you have mantras you say over certain areas and oftentimes there's symbols. So massage really doesn't have any of that. If you are an energy worker and that really is something that speaks to you, of course you can do that during a massage. Um, You know, oftentimes you're absolutely right. You hold your intention. You ask the dog to flip, you know, hopefully they'll get that intention. But in that massage is very, very physical, um, really focusing on the muscles, um, especially the muscles, but the skeleton and all that. It's kind of a different bird. Um. I'm I'm actually really confused because when I was taught what I thought was Reiki, it didn't, it it was kind of like a massage. There was a deeper massage that your dog went to sleep. I don't know anything about the energy portion of it. Um, So maybe they just used the wrong terminology, but I, I I just figured I'd ask and now I'm more confused. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. I only know really of one kind of Reiki and it's really more of an, energetic in I know a lot of in, it's intuitive but as massages as well but Reiki from what I know is more of an energetic kind of thing okay well thank you very much I really enjoyed listening to you talk Good. about the different ways you can massage your dog and I'm going to try that with mine later <laughs> great oh and my husband Yeah, I know. Well, you need to practice. Yeah, he should try it on me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. I have a question. Sure. Uh, I have a cat. How does this apply to a feline? So, um, it's very similar, (laughs) except cats you know, cats get overstimulated so easy that a cat may be done well before a dog, you know, (laughs) I think if a cat gets overstimulated, it can take anywhere from, you know, 30 seconds to 20 minutes for the cat to kind of calm itself down. Um, Whereas dogs are not as sensitive, let's say as cats like that, And oftentimes the dog will get up, shake, and just come back. So while I've had cats that absolutely love massage and could lay there all day, I've also worked on cats who, you know, just are like, no, overstimulated, got to stop, you know, because they have those hairs. I, I forget what they're called, but the cats have those hairs that are like, you know, they're whiskers where it tells them everything that's oh, going no. on in the environment. Yeah, you so, should not touch um, the whiskers. You know, but cats can definitely suffer from arthritis. Their oh, muscles no. can definitely get tight. So it, in that respect, it, it's the same. The strokes would be the same. You just have to be a little more aware with a cat because I I feel like whereas a dog may give you a warning to stop, a cat may just scratch you or bite you. Oh, uh, yeah, he would bite. He would give me a little nip as if to say, bye. And I'm like, okay. 
Yeah. All right. I just wanted to know. I mean, yeah. I know I know him real well, so I know his signals. Right. And and therefore, you know, just be aware if there's static in the air, maybe get a damp cloth. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. Yeah, you just have to be a little more aware of a cat's mood, I think. Okay, thank you. Sure. I think we can take one more and then we'll get to the door prize and the wrap up. If, if no, no more questions. No more? Although, okay. Katie, I got, a, I got a question for you. What breed of dog were you demoing on? <laughs> a great big stuffed Rottweiler. <laughs> I'm sitting I had here. a stuffed golden, but I thought, I, I, you know, the I was Rottweiler sitting here saying, contrast. that dog is so calm. And then I realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a great model. <laughs> Meanwhile, mine's army crawling to behind the chair to get his ball, flipping on his back. I'm like, okay, this is, this is not going to happen. Um, well, thank you so much for your time and everything. This was great. I know we all learned, you know, this would have been great in person, but I think it would have been a lot more distracting with all of us in one trying to do this. So this worked out really, really well. Um, well thank you. Can you, well, okay. So for the door prize. So Rick, can you tell me how many people we have all together? And then we're going to just pick a number. How many people we have? Sure. We have, let me see here. I mean, you can just say participants. That's fine. And Rose, just so you know, anybody can feel free to contact me. Yeah. You know, what? while he's checking that, you want to give us any contact info or do you want me to just? Sure. Yeah. So my website is the right spot petmassage.com. And if you guys have more questions or anything like that, it's simply Katie K A T I E at the right spot petmassage.com. Okay. Okay. Rose, we've got 30 people. Okay. Katie, can you give me a number between one and 30? Me? Yeah. Oh, Why 15. Not? 15. Okay. Um, Rick, is there any way you can sort of guess the 15th person? We we couldn't get the registrant. So we'll just scroll down and stop and pick one, Rick. Whatever. Tell you, tell you what, there's 13 panelists. So that let's let's do the, the second attendee. How's that? Perfect. Uh, there you it's, go. it's person uh, phone number ending 524. I just uh, allowed you to talk if you want to identify yourself. Well, I guess it's going to have to be Candace who wins. All right. Candace wins then. That's great. So we will, Candace, I will get um, either your email or your address, and you'll be getting a $20 Chewy gift card, either by email, an e-card, or a um, physical gift card, whatever your preference is. We'll reach out. Um. So that's all we have. I just wanted to do a quick wrap up. Um, just let you know about PAGDIS. We are, like I said, a new group of PCB and new special interest affiliate. We meet on the second Wednesday of every even, even month. So our next meeting will be in December, second Wednesday. Don't have that date right in front of me um, at 730. Um, so you can... You know, um, I can give my email really quick. We do have a listserv, but I believe we're changing from Yahoo groups. So I don't want to give that info mm. to subscribe at this point, just in case. So my email, if you'd like, if you want to reach out about PagDIS or any ideas or suggestions or anything like that, my email is 
Rosemary, R-O-S-E-M-A-R-Y dot Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N 92 at gmail.com. And if you're not comfortable emailing, you could just give the PCB office a call and leave them your number and someone from PADIS will definitely get back to you. So if you have suggestions or want to join or just find out about more who we are, feel free. Um, besides that, thank you all. Thank you to Katie again. And for those thank who you. did register, you do you should have a copy of an awesome handout. That's a <laughs> great. really great accompaniment to this. Uh, massage I know I'll be referencing that myself so <laughs> thank you thank you for your time Katie we sure. really appreciate it bye-bye and everybody else have a great evening